0: Governors in the Northeast say school mask mandates will soon end, and direct-to-consumer health companies are sharing data with third-party sites. It's all coming up on today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily. It's Tuesday, February 8th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the top headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Kaiser Permanente has struck a deal with the state of California for a special Medicaid contract that mostly limits enrollment to current beneficiaries. This was first reported by Kaiser Health News, which has no affiliation to Kaiser Permanente. California is starting a process of overhauling its Medicaid program, called Medi-Cal, which covers about 14 million state residents to provide more comprehensive health benefits, including some social services to some of the state's sickest residents. As part of this transformation, managed care plans will have to rebid on contracts that adhere to these new standards. Kaiser reached a new five-year statewide contract before the bidding process opens this week. The deal allows Kaiser to limit its Medicaid enrollment to current enrollees, except for foster kids and dual eligibles. Kaiser Permanente is a nonprofit integrated health system with 9 million enrollees in California, just a tenth of whom have Medicaid. Kaiser is committing to growing its Medi-Cal population by 25% over the next five years. This special contract angered other insurers, who told KHN this deal could leave them with a higher portion of new Medicaid enrollees, who were expected to be higher cost. Kaiser says because it's an integrated system, it can't allow more people to enroll than it has capacity to treat. Kaiser Permanente is widely known to have close ties with the Newsom administration and has donated millions to several of the governor's causes. It has previously been granted special agreements to operate a field hospital in Los Angeles during early COVID days and to support the state's COVID vaccine rollout. The governors of multiple Northeastern states that have had among the strictest COVID precautions are now starting to roll back restrictions as the Omicron surge recedes. The governors of New Jersey, Delaware, and Pennsylvania will end mandatory masking in schools, which has become a flashpoint for parents throughout the pandemic by the end of March. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is still deciding whether to lift the requirement, noting that just weeks ago, hospitals were in crisis with the surge. Now, national daily cases are down from a peak of around 800,000 a day to around 300,000 a day, and hospitalizations have also started to decrease. The announcement to lift mask requirements comes as the Biden administration's strategy is shifting to living with the virus rather than preventing its spread at all costs, as was the case earlier in the pandemic. Professor of Health Policy and Management at George Washington University and emergency physician Dr. Lena Wen said on CNN. The government can't keep on telling our citizens that this is a five alarm fire all the time. People are just going to start tuning it out and not pay attention. They'll be desensitized. And so what needs to happen is we need to end the state of emergency and preserve the ability of public health authorities to reinstitute mandates in the future if we see more more dangerous variants later. What many public health experts and politicians are saying now that cases are subsiding and vaccinations are widely available to Americans over five years old is that it's time to get back to normal. The debate is now shifting to managing personal risk, but that strategy leaves behind people who are sick or disabled or at higher risk for severe outcomes. As more companies are offering direct-to-consumer healthcare services like digital therapy or genetic testing, these companies aren't bound by the same rules as hospitals or insurers to keep sensitive health information private. According to a recent story in Wired, some companies are even sharing patient information with third-party sites like Facebook, which makes money off the personalized ads. Researchers at Duke University compared Facebook's access to this data to the company's privacy policies and found some discrepancies. For example, multiple genetic testing companies lacked clear language about how they allowed third-party sites to track users. Third-party trackers can combine different pieces of health and other demographic data for consumers and target them with pretty specific ads that can make assumptions about their health. A common example is ads targeting pregnant women. This is just the latest report about how many of these digital health companies are allowing sensitive health data to be used to target consumers. Last year, consumer reports found that many of the top digital mental health companies like Talkspace and BetterHelp sent data to Facebook. Although private conversations between individual users and licensed therapists may be covered by privacy policies, Facebook could still learn which individuals are using a mental health app and combine that with other information it already knows about the individuals to target ads. And Vox has reported that many addiction and recovery apps are also giving Facebook and Google access to user data. Decades-old patient privacy laws like HIPAA haven't kept up with technology advances, and many of these apps operate in a legal gray area. Thanks for listening to GS Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on justhealthcare.com. Just Gist Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare. Hold up. What was that?